Hi, I'm Tatiana Antonelli and you're listening to Forward Talks by Goombook. Before we begin, a quick thanks to our partner at Our Space. Our Space is the first co-working community to connect humans with nature, designed to bring out the best in us. Find out more at ourspace.work. On this episode, we're joined by Alex Malouf, a journalist at heart, as he calls himself, and who's been in the comms and media space across the region for over 15 years. Alex is also a fellow podcaster and host of the IABC Emina podcast. But today, we're talking to him in his current role as Corporate Communications Manager for the Arab Peninsula at Procter Gamble. As we continue to explore sustainability in our region, we also want to look at the manufacturing side. What is it like for a company that can create so much impact like Procter Gamble, the world's biggest fast-moving consumer goods company, and how they view sustainability as a joint responsibility? We all have a part to play, consumers, corporations, and governments. P&G is one of them. We sell some of the biggest brands in the world. And likewise, we have to find ways whereby it's easier for people to recycle, to reuse, or even stepping back, ways whereby we reduce our impact on the environment, both in terms of manufacturing, supply chain, and also usage. When you look at recycling or sustainability from perspective of a producer, we've, we've got to do a lot of heavy lifting here. Uh, one is the issue around misperceptions. And our research has borne this out across the world. Consumers think the biggest environmental impact is actually from manufacturing and then the supply chain. And that's actually not often the case. So, for example, you'll wash up your clothing. What has the biggest environmental impact? The water I use. The water, yes, but what specifically about the water? Temperature of the water. Exactly. So somebody washing on a high temperature, the amount of energy being used exceeds the amount of energy needed to both manufacture and also ship the product. So part of our job is to innovate and find solutions to make it easier for consumers to do the right thing when they're actually using the product, be it, for example, cold water washing. So rather than washing at 80, wash at 40 and get the same results. And That's a, a big one for us to look at because we've got to look at the back end. We've got to do a lot of research into how the product works. So somehow all this is happening at the back and as consumers, we're not able to see all this unless we do our research. What we see more is the way we consume your products. Mm. So the packaging we receive or we purchase and all that. I was very pleased Uh, during the World Economic Forum to see an incredible initiative being launched. Um, it's called Loop. Uh, it's part of the TerraCycle um, organization. And it involves and engage with huge corporations like yours to try to find a different way to package and to offer the possibility to refill. So the idea is pretty simple. You know, Why do you need to go and purchase the item with its packaging? You know, why not go and simply refill on, on shampoo or on detergent or on um, any other material which you, which you essentially don't need? We're not using the packaging. So the concept is very simple. 
you sign up to this, TerraCycle, our partner, come in from our side. We give to them the the holders, the materials. So it could be, for example, uh, an aluminium casing for one of our uh, shampoo brands. And once you finish with the product, you give it back to TerraCycle. They clean it, refill it, or if the product can't be used again, the packaging, you know, the aluminium, they recycle it. And because it's aluminium, it's much, much easier to recycle. So the amount of packaging is essentially now zero because all you are doing is using the actual product itself. So it's a brilliant idea, very simple, and we're going to be rolling out the first trials of this in summer, so a couple of months away, in New York and Paris. And the idea longer term is to see how we can look at bringing this to other parts of the world. And knowing Dubai, I'm sure there'll be a hunger from many communities in Dubai to have this, because it's, it's not only sustainability, but it's also as well convenience. I believe this is part of the new trend of ordering everything online. From what I gather, Loop basically is an app where you ask for certain products to be delivered to you. And when you're done, they will come and pick them up from your house and to, in order to refill them. So we are talking about consumers who are somehow a bit more techie, <laughs> who use their phones and their apps or who like to buy online. So I can see Dubai being ready for this. How do you see Europe, for example, or other parts of the world? Do, are there some challenges related to this kind of new consumerism? Look, first of all, even you're techie. Everybody now is techie. Everybody has a smartphone. Go into any coffee shop and you see that. We, we are addicted to technology. But when you look at Europe, especially if you look at retailers there, now, they've been working in e-commerce for some time. And it's very easy to go and order something in, say, London or Paris and actually get same-day delivery. It's happening here as well. And I think in many ways we're catching up because of, first of all, how technology-focused we are. But it's also the issue of convenience. We, we just want the product to be there when we need it. We don't want to... you know forget about it and then head down and then go and you know, lug all of these items up. And we're seeing it with some of our um, e-retail partners here. People want to order in bulk because it's just convenient. I think this sort of idea would be uh, a big draw in a place like Dubai. You know, people often live in communities here. So very easy to get in. You think about deliveries, again, also the convenience um, we sometimes get a little bit lost in terms of, you know, getting to new places. But, you know, if you're working with a professional logistics provider, they know all the tricks when it comes to Dubai's ever-growing road network. I also see it with consumers here. I see a lot of consumers who want to do good. And this is, comes back to the first point I made. We need to make it easier for consumers to do the right thing. And this is part of it. So it could be looking at, say, redesigning the packaging, which we did with Tide and Aerial Pods, you know, making the packaging as small as possible, make it as simple as possible so it's not as heavy. It's essentially a process. It, it's a never-ending process of how can we make it easier for consumers to do the right thing? Because the easier it is for them to do it, the more likely it is they will do it. So basically... 
what we've been talking so far about relates pretty much to uh, the SDGs, the Sustainable Development mm -hmm. um, Goals, uh, specifically the one about sustainable production and consumption. Yeah. Um, how do you think is uh, the region, specifically the UAE, reacting to the SDGs? Are they applying? Is the private sector actually participating? I think, first of all, there's uh, an increased awareness of the need to link what we are doing as companies to the SDGs. It's not just in the case of we're doing good. The question people are asking is, what are you doing good for? You know, what are these initiatives focused on? And we're, we're being asked as well by government. Governments are coming to us and saying, we're interested in this as well. We want to, to see what the efforts of everyone are, combine it and start reporting. So it's good to see that level of of detail, the, the level of data collection, because that will help in terms of understanding the progress we've made and also as well what more we need to do, not just simply on a, on a company-wide level, but on a national and regional level. The challenges we have are related, one, to partnerships. And for me, SDG 17 is the big one, partnerships. That is what is going to make everything else happen, because we can't do everything by ourselves. Nobody can. So seeing how we can work with other companies, with governments, and also as well with consumers, because once we have that holistic um, circle in order, we will get so much more achieved. So what I'm really excited to see is companies coming together and work on big initiatives. One, which was Impact 2030, this idea of promoting employee volunteering based on the SDGs, but also as well working with the governments to help them understand what we are doing and what we want to do, but also as well understand what their priorities are and seeing how we can align those two together so again we can achieve more. I think we haven't done a, as good a job as possible when it comes to talking between those two parties, but we're getting much better at that in the region governments and the private sector coming together and saying, look, we have a shared goal, let's work these things out. I think it's a priority right now for the government to make sure that the private sector thrives. Uh, this region somehow has created a network to empower the private sector to thrive, to bring in, you know, jobs and um, increase the economy. Dubai is based on trade. There was a very Interesting post about Sheikh Hamdan on LinkedIn congratulating the private sector into the achievements and being able to continue bringing in results mm. in terms of, of, of the economy. So definitely uh, it, the interest is to help you, uh, sustain you uh, into your decisions, into your changes. Mm. I've seen a big change in the past two, three years. And, and we do that through engagement, which wasn't always there at the level which we see today. As I said, we all have the same goals, but it's how do we come together to make achieving those goals simpler and how do we essentially work together to make achieving those goals possible in a shorter time frame. So it's not just saying it, but actually coming in and doing it. And that's, that's what I'm seeing more of today between the private sector and governments, a willingness to talk and agree on principles whereby you know we join forces where it's not just simply one saying to the other it's actually a dialogue and 
I think this is just going to this is going to snowball as we see more impact. You know, we're going to see more engagement between the two sides, and also hopefully the public as well. Because at the end of the day, you know, we need to have consumers on board. Consumers need to believe what we are doing. They need to be supportive, and also as well, we need to we need to have their inputs and and find solutions to those inputs. This was actually my next question. So how do you engage with the consumer? How can we make the consumer understand that you are working on sustainability, that you are creating change, and that you actually need the consumer to be engaged as well? Partly, it's, it's through the changes which we've seen on digital. So a lot of it is social media. You know, we listen to everything which they're saying online. And we're seeing it, we're understanding it. Um, also having those face-to-face engagements. You know, we often go into the stores, we talk with our retailers, we talk with consumers in the stores as well. So understanding what happens on that, on that space. And also as well, understanding what's happening, not just in the stores, but also in consumers' homes. So what are they doing, for example, with the products? How are they using the products? How can we make it easier for them, again, to do the right thing when it comes to issues such as sustainability? You know, without detracting or taking away from the, the product's impact. You know, what consumers want when they buy you know, Pampers or Ariel or Tide or Head & Shoulders. So there are many different ways of doing it, but the big thing, you know, our previous CEO said, the consumer is boss, and, and that's what we believe because they, they buy our products, and if they don't buy our products, then we don't exist. So it's all about them. There's one initiative that uh, Procter Gamble started last year, I believe, uh, by selling shampoo in a container made out of ocean trash. How, how did that go? What was the result from the consumer, the engagement? So from what I know, it's been a big success. It was done in France with Carrefour. It was launched at WEF. The idea is very simple. The, the packaging is, includes um, recycled beach plastic. Uh, consumers love it because they understand what the product is all about and they understand as well the the project or the initiative which they are supporting. So if you go in, you'll see it. It's it's a certain color. It's like a you know a grayish black. Um, and consumers like to see this this concept when it comes to us as a brand because for them it's clear what the impact is. They see the plastic on the beaches. They also see as well the, the, the head and shoulders bottle on the shelf in the store. The link is very, very clear in their minds you know, what their money is doing and what their choice is helping to achieve. Um, and we're very clear as well in terms of how many um, tons we've collected in terms of beach plastic. So it's been a big, big success, but the challenge is always how do you replicate that in terms of a supply chain? Because you, know, you have to recycle the beach plastic. You've got to bring it in. So in a place like uh, France, we have a supply chain. The challenge is how do we try and develop our supply chain in other parts of the world so we can replicate that and make it happen for other consumers as well. And that's a process which takes time. Part of of this exercise that interests me is, was that shampoo more expensive? Yes, it was. And still it was selling. So you do have a part of the consumers who are ready to pay more for something that's actually doing good Mm. to the environment. Our research has found that 
roughly 20% of consumers would pay more for green products. Um, and the majority want to do good, but they won't pay more. So the challenge is, as a, as a big company, how do you produce products which will do good, but which are essentially the same price point? Because that's what makes the big, big difference. And have you looked at biodegradable plastics um, sourced from, um, like for example, food uh, waste? Uh, there's a, a lot of talks now about, for example, corn and other materials, even algae. Would that cost a lot more, even if produced massively? Because, I mean, you sell millions of products. We, we do this with a number of our products already. So if you look at the Gillette Fusion, the packaging, it's made out of bamboo and bulrush. So we're already doing it where we can do. But again, it's, it's finding the right supply chains, it's making sure that we've done our homework in terms of the quality of the product, but where we can do, we do. I remember we had here an event where mm. you were a speaker and it was about the sustainability of Procter & Gamble. And I remember someone from the audience asked you, um, when are we going to see effectively a change, uh, not only Procter & Gamble, like uh, obviously it's, we're talking about everyone here. It's a, it's, it's a joint effort from consumers and producers all around the world. But when do you think, honestly, we can enter a supermarket instead of looking at shelves of mm. plastic containers, yeah. finally seeing alternatives? Look, the, the simple answer is to say it's already happening. Um, and you are seeing it if you go into one of the big retailers today, you will see aisles for sustainable products which didn't exist five years ago. Um, but even on the other shelves, there are small incremental innovations which are happening, which we often don't talk about. Um, I think partly because there is a little bit of, um, of weariness in consumers. You know, there is some doubt often when it comes to you know, concepts such as greenwashing. But regardless, you know, we've got to find ways, us and others, the whole industry, to make what we do more sustainable because you know, we all know the numbers. We cannot keep using the materials that we're using on this basis um, without us collapsing as a society. Now, if you could forward this interview um, to someone specific, who would you like to hear it? I would like my almost four-year-old to hear it. So she knows that daddy's actually trying to do something. She's always saying, daddy, you're not doing enough. So that's one. But I think what I would like is for um, people in government to hear it, but also as well people in the industry, which I'm in, because we have to all be working together. And I think we have to have a common purpose when it comes to sustainability. It can't just simply be one company or two companies. It's got to be all of us global, regional, and local. We've all got to take that step together. That's all we have for you this week. If you've liked this episode, please do forward it along. Thanks, Alex, for joining us as well. 
can find this show in your favorite podcast player as well as in streaming apps and you can reach out to us on Instagram at Goombook that's G-O-U-M-B-O-O-K or via email at contact at Goombook.com See you next week! Thank you.